0: Hi, this is Tony Agnesi, and welcome to this edition of The Storytellers. This is episode number five of our third season. The Storytellers debuts on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. on Facebook Live and on YouTube at the Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Art Ministries. And then it premieres on Wednesdays at 6.15 on my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Tony Agnesi. The radio program airs Sundays at 4 on the Living Bread Radio Network. You can check your local Living Bread Network station for the time in your area. Each week on the program, we feature an inspirational guest who's going to discuss not only their personal faith journey, but the ministries they share as authors, speakers, bloggers, and radio and television hosts, and today is no exception. My guest is is Tyler Raleigh. Tyler is... Uh, the author of a book called Because of Our Fathers. He compiled stories from 23 Catholics telling how their fathers led them to Christ. He's a father himself uh, and serves as president of Servants of Christ for Life, which defends unborn children through politics, media, and pro-life activism. He's also a leader in youth ministry in the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island. He's a graduate of Brown University, and he lives in Rhode Island with his wife and kids. And Tyler, welcome to the program. It's good to have you here on The Storytellers.
1: Thank you, Tony. Thank you for having me.
0: I know your book is about fatherhood, and I think as we shared before we came on the air, uh, a subject that's uh, of interest to me. And I know from uh, reading, um, you were raised uh, uh, by your dad pretty much.
1: Yeah, I was. I grew up in a pretty, pretty typical Catholic family. I got three brothers um, I talk about my dad and my mom in the book a little bit. Um, you know, uh, one thing that was was integral in my family was that my dad showed up to everything, loved us, uh, took us to mass, got on his knees, prayed to God. Um, in a lot of ways, you know, we, we were, our family was kind of a, the, the re- result of the, the 60s and 70s culture in which my mom and dad grew up. The faith wasn't something that was... Talked about too much in a lot of ways. It kind of took a backseat to sports and making sure that you did really good in school. Um, but it was it was there enough. And and my dad was a my dad was a state trooper, six uh, four, you know, two hundred and fifty pound uh, pound man. You know, um, so when he walked in the room, he commanded your attention, and he taught us about virtue. You know, that, 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 that was a big thing in my house. And that's one of the themes that runs through uh, these stories, these, these different 23 authors, is that the mere fact that the fathers teach virtue in the household, that there is a right and wrong, there's a right and wrong way to act, um, instills discipline, instills order. Um, and that sort of trickles down into these children asking questions later in life as they get older. That okay. Well, if you know, my parents have taught me that there's morality, that there's truth, that you can know truth. Um, And then when you do that, what I noticed in the book is that these children start to ask the deeper questions as they get older. And I think that's what happened in our house. I think even though it wasn't, you know, weren't talking about you know deep theological truths of the faith. um, It wasn't even necessarily you know very evident why we were Catholic. But virtue, being a good person doing the right thing was always important. And then, and then if you do that, it's not long before, you know, four brothers are sitting around talking about the more important things in life. The, mm-hmm. the, 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 the philosophies that undergird all of those things that you're trying to strive for. And then, you know, my younger brother, um, just got ordained a priest for the Diocese of Providence. Uh, me and my two older brothers are all, you know, uh, you know, trying, you know, committed and, and serious about our faith. So my parents did, you know, a wonderful job raising us. And um, I think, my, you know, my father was like a lot of these fathers in the, in, in the essays. I don't write an essay about my father, but I do talk about him a little bit and basically outline what, what I just said.
0: Tyler, with the statistics that are out there, 24 million kids in America – that's one out of three are growing up without a father or a father figure in the household. And that number is increasing. In a couple of generations, it may be half. That to me sounds like a crisis. Is that a crisis?
1: I would say it's a, if we were all living in a, in a sane world, in a sane country, we would call that a national emergency. And we would focus almost entirely, or at least primarily, on that, on that problem of fatherlessness. I was just on Tim Gordon's, uh, he has a Catholic podcast. I was on his podcast a couple of weeks ago and we talked a lot about this. And I said, um, it was kind of just this idea that, that sprung up during the conversation. I said, um, I would absolutely love to see Donald Trump, uh, hopefully if he, if he wins in November, um, at his next state of the union address. Um, if we can get someone to him and, and, and put this bug in his ear that, during every State of the Union address, you have to talk about the statistics of fatherhood. And it has to be the first thing you talk about. It's not, it's what, you know, we talk about all these metrics for healthcare and education and the economy. We have all these metrics to know if we're doing better or if we're doing worse. But the statistic that undergirds all of those and is far more important is how many children are growing up with their biological mom and dad in the household. That—that That is by far, the more important statistic that is going to improve those other things down the road. Um, so we need to we need to bring this issue to the political forefront um, on a local level and on a national level. And we have to keep saying it that, that you know whether you're, you're a conservative, if you're a Republican, whatever you are, you have to you have to demand that your politicians speak about the necessity of children being raised by, the, by the, the man and the woman who created them, that by far, statistically, sociology could not be more conclusive on this truth. That by far is the indicator for a good citizenry. Everything from, from drug addiction to abortion <clears throat> to uh, crime rate uh, to suicide skyrockets when children grow up without their fathers. We can't accept single-family, single-parent households any longer. We have to get back to a very strict norm of what we expect from our citizenry, and that is a man and a woman in a lifelong relationship raising together in the same exact household the little boys and the little girls that they created. That is going to solve more of our problems than anything and I think if anyone would would, would listen, you know, um, I think you know we we could get to our president right now, and I think he would he'd be willing to say, yeah, I mean, this is something that we should talk about, it, you know, every, every January. As
0: good a job as single moms do, would you agree? Even though they are doing a great job, they can never be a father.
1: They can't be a father, and they can. they they can put all of their effort and they can put all of their grace and all of their faith into raising their children, but there's two things. The first thing is that they're never going to possess the qualities that the children need from their father, and I'm talking about not just on a spiritual level, I'm talking just on a practical level. A mom, a single mom with cannot at, at some point control her children. And that's that's what you're seeing in this world. I mean, and can't control her children, you know, I mean I have a five-year-old and he, I can already see how he how my wife has has trouble controlling him. When he turns 13 or 14, if I wasn't around, I mean this kid would do whatever he wanted. And for just from a practical level, moms can't control their children all by themselves. The the discipline and the order has to be from both of the parents, and this is. And then, on a more deeper spiritual level, these these questions fester in a child's heart when the dad's not around. I mean, just just think about it on a very basic level. Uh, Think about you know a ten-year-old boy, eleven-year-old boy, twelve-year-old boy. Where who who am I supposed to be? Who who I'm not supposed to be my mom when I grow up. Who who created me? Uh, does anyone else love me besides my mom? Who who's the, the person who created me? Why didn't he stick around? I mean these things burn in children's hearts, and they and a lot of times they unleash themselves in these very frustrated ways, out on the street and and through crime. Um, and this is what this is what we see. It's 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 a it's a complete uh, disorder of the human condition when the father's not around. It's, uh, it's an emergency, and it's, and it's a crisis. It's happening way too, to way too many kids right now. It's, it's a tragedy.
0: And these kids are more likely to be poor. They're more likely to get incarcerated. They're more likely to do drugs and alcohol, more likely to have teen pregnancies more likely to have problems in school. And a lot of it is just the things that you mentioned, just those questions that linger in their minds that just go unanswered when there's not a father in the household.
1: Right, from the yeah, F, that spiritual uh, yearning. You know, St. Augustine talks about how the, the heart is restless until it rests in God. Well, that's true on, an, on, on a simpler level with, with, with the earthly father. The heart is restless until it knows who created him and why did this person leave and and then just, and then again stepping back on a more practical level the mom just can't do it it's just it's just too hard i mean i i you know as, as a single dad you know just from a practical level it would be hard to control you know my three kids just because there's too many of them and then but even harder for a mother when these children grow up and they get you know now they're bigger than her they're stronger than her i mean wh- what 15 year old kid thinks he has to listen to his single mom when he's already learned that um, that men can sort of do what they that they can come and go as they please, he's already learned that as a as a as his first lesson from his father, who's no who's nowhere to be seen. Um, so there's a, I mean, there's so much that goes into that from a sociological perspective, and then from a spiritual perspective. And I talk about in the book how, and one of my main points is that from a sociological perspective, you know, the way that we study this in our in our society, fatherlessness, it, there's if ever sociology yielded a conclusive truth, it's that children suffer when their fathers aren't around. Okay, so having said that, what happens when the father doesn't, isn't spiritually there for his children, doesn't lead him in a religious way? Well, exactly what you would expect. He's, the, ch- the child suffers spiritually. The child, the child has a sort of, has a, a spiritual neglect and doesn't grow closer to God and falls away from his faith. So the, the, the father is, in all facets, the leader, and he's the one that the children, and both sons and daughters, actually, what the, the statistics show, are going to follow the faith of the father. And mm. really, the, the book is sort of a wake-up call to, to, to these men to say, if you don't lead them to Christ, if you don't lead them to God, if you don't explain to them what it, being Catholic means, They're going to fall away. That's what the statistics show. And there's a Pew study. I mentioned there's a Pew study in 2015. um, I I mentioned in the book, it talks about how 27% of Catholics have left the faith completely. Another 13% of Catholics, they still identify as Catholic, but they're identified as they largely don't practice. And in the book, I say, I'm really trying to reach these these. The, the men that make up that 13%. So there's there's something there. They want they, they still say that they're Catholic. Um, there's something there where they still want to identify with that name. But they need to understand that they're Catholic because of hundreds and hundreds of years of fathers who've come before them. Maybe th- thousands, theoretically. 2,000 years of fathers who have come before them. And now they have received the holy faith. They, based on their example and their witness of sort of just saying they're Catholic but not really living it, their adult children are going to have no relationship with God. They're going to completely fall away. And their grandchildren will not be baptized. So what I say in the book is I, I say, I want, I want, if you're a man that fits into that category, Imagine if your ancestor came up to you, your great, great, great grandfather, and he said, are you still, is your family still Catholic? No, well, uh, not, not really. Well, wh- why? why? Why did you let that faith fade from our family? And what did you, re- what did you replace it with? And do, do you even know what it teaches? I mean, you let it go, but do you even know what this is? And that's sort of the real shame is that so many men in our, in our country, you know, who identify as Catholic, but you know, they don't go to mass. They don't go to confession. They don't pray. They don't, they don't teach their children about the faith. They, they're letting the faith go from their family and they really don't even understand what it is. So why not take the time? (laughs) I mean, you've received this, you know, probably from, you know, the, blood and the sweat of your of your forefathers you've received this holy faith probably from very devout men why not just take the time to figure out what it is you know before you let it fade from your children your grandchildren's life forever Um, so that's one of the main messages of the book that really comes down to the father in the book you talk
0: about this time frame from 2000 to 2018 and how 14 million Catholics, uh, you know, left the faith, and the number of baptisms is down 53%, and the number of marriages in the church is down 45%, and so forth. Um, it almost seems, Tyler, that there is a an entire generation of men who probably grew up fatherless themselves, who have no uh, no role model, no nobody they can turn to. Some of these uh, men were probably abused by their father and they fear the same thing might happen or, or the father was absent from their home and they really, not an uncle or a coach or uh, anybody mm-hmm. stepped up to kind of fill that role. How do we reach these guys? How do we get to them and explain to them the importance of fatherhood?
1: Yeah, I, t- I talk a little bit about that at the end of the book. And I, um, I recently had an article that Catholic Exchange ran a couple of weeks ago and I sort of hone in on exactly what you just said. And, and I kind of, in the context of, you know, look at what's going on in the country of all these kids out in the streets doing all this, you know, crazy stuff, you know, Marxist revolutionaries and Antifa and Black Lives Matter. And like, you know, this this, this sort of this frustration, animosity being unleashed onto, onto the streets of our country. And I say, you know, Christ told us to go out corners of the earth and preach the gospel and that's got to mean Seattle and Portland too right so we can't just write the write these people off have conversations with them uh, you know one thing I used to do is I used to um, walk around Providence and I used to have a mass schedule there's like 30 churches in Providence Rhode Island and I would have all the churches and the mass schedules and I would just walk around the streets and I would give the mass, um, schedules to them. And I think I had a quote at the top about, it may have been a Fulton Sheen quote about, um, um, about how, you know, many, many people kind of dismiss the faith, dismiss the Catholic faith, but so few, um, really understand what, what they're dismissing. Mm -hmm. Um, but have, you know, the only thing we can do is, I think the main message of the book sort of has to sink into your mind that, these kids, if the father is not there and did not teach them, it, you know, it either was absent completely from a physical standpoint or was absent from a spiritual standpoint, that's they're not going to know Christ. So, therefore, some other guy has to give them Christ. And that's going to take, co- you know, uh, going to coffee shops with them and, you know, be, be befriending them, handing them tracks, handing them mass schedules. Um, engaging them on social media. Um, there's all these sorts of th- things you can do, and what's what's really critical is to really understand what these people are doing. They're yearning to be a part of something, right? They're, they they everyone wants to be a part of something that is um, life changing and that is bigger than themselves, and that's what and and they have they and they do have this sort of this good thirst for justice, right? Um, so use that and invite them into the most radical, just movement that's ever existed. I mean, you want to talk about breaking down racial barriers? I mean, note that that's what our religion is. That, that it is it is the ultimate. It is the epitome of you are not important because of who your parents were or what your skin color is or what your bloodline is. The only thing that matters. Is that you are baptized with water which anyone can do <laughs> and, and and you are a ch- and you are a child of god but you are important because you are a child of god and the only thing you have to do to enter into that life is have water put on you you know what i mean like, that we are the epitome christianity is the epitome of breaking down uh you know um the the sexual barriers the racial barriers the so we you know breaking getting rid of slavery um that's what that's what a life in christ does he is the most radical of all the radicals of getting rid of this tribalism and saying no we're all one family and 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 it's all about it's all about your your faith and your love and anyone can enter into that and then it's a it's a radical sense of of justice um, you know, so- there's a
0: there's a staggering statistic. Uh, you know that 51 percent of people under the age of 30, when asked their religious affiliation, say none. The the nuns, 51 percent right. have no religious affiliation. Not Christian. Not 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 Protestant. Not uh, Jewish. Not Buddhist. They have none. And it it seems to me that that life compass of our faith really fires everything about fatherhood and without both of those we really have our job cut out for us don't we
1: we do i'm not not saying it's easy i mean to to take someone who has been taught their whole life i mean not only they're not only saying they have no religion they've been taught you know usually you know through the educ through the public education system that religion is not just unnecessary but it's actually bad it caused all all the world's problems um so it's not it's not easy. There's a lot of there's a lot of philosophical and historical unraveling that you need to do to engage people. Um, but the thing I love about Catholicism is that at the end of the day, no matter how difficult something seems, we have the answers. Like that's what the job of the church is. It's just to be truthful and to make sense of the world. And every single question, whether it's a moral question a philosophical question a theological question we have not just the answers but we have like the smartest guys in the world who who've put this down in writing for us and all we have to do is go on the internet and put their name in and we can we can just dive into the most just just oceans full of wisdom then that we can then absorb and then share with the world so there's nothing too you know there's no problem too big for a catholic because we have the truth on our side and we don't say that from you know from a pompous standpoint but we believe in truth we believe in ultimate truth we believe in uh moral object you know objective truth um so have you know and when you believe in that well it only stands to reason that there is a final truth um and christ is that truth and it's it's exciting to be a catholic i always say you know there's there's never a dull moment because every single moment whether it's a difficult moment or a joyful moment it's always a moment to prove yourself to God and to mo- and to move closer to him so I mean, even you know there's so many saints talk about it you know there's nothing God it loves more than when we turn to him in, even in our suffering so like the harder life gets the more that just that just gives you more opportunity to move closer to him and to please him. Um, so it's, it's, it's a difficult task, but again, the more difficult the task, the more grace is there, and the more Catholics um, should step up to the challenge. We're called the church militant, right? We're, we, we have, we're supposed to have a uh, – and, and that's that's kind of another part of the book, is like we've, we've – you know, part part of so many men falling away and therefore their children falling away is that we've sort of lost this sort of militarism to the faith. Like it's it's very – docile in a lot of parishes it's 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 very feminine in a lot of parishes and i think it turns a lot of guys off um but we really have to we really have to from a, a catechetical standpoint and a diocesan standpoint we really have to figure out how we're allocating our resources i mean think about how much time and money goes into educating children catholic schools, ccd classes youth groups young adult groups but if these kids are just going home to a father who rolls their eyes at the faith and doesn't go to doesn't doesn't even get out of bed to go to church on Sunday and wants to watch the Patriots instead, all that time and that money is just wasted on that child from a statistical standpoint. Um, so I know a, a lot of parishes are starting to make the, the parents stay for a talk when they're when their kids are 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 getting formed, and that's that's the the least we have to do. We have to form fathers in order to get their children to, to, to retain the faith.
0: The book is entitled, Because of Our Fathers, 23 Catholics Tell How Their Fathers Led Them to Christ. Tyler Raleigh is uh, my guest. And uh, Tyler, we just have a few The time is flying here way too quickly. We just have a, a minute or so left. Tell us uh, how they can get in contact with you uh, and where they can find out more about the book and purchase the book.
1: Sure. You can, you can find out more about me. Um, my website is catholicfatherbook.com, catholicfatherbook.com. You can read more about the book, more about me. And then you can, you know, on Ignatius' website or Amazon, you can, you can, you can, buy, you can buy the book. You can buy it on my website as well. Uh, but the book is Because of Our Fathers, and the subtitle is 23 Catholics Tell How Their Fathers Led Them to Christ. And it's worth noting that, you know, it's half people you, you, would, you would recognize, people like Father Paul Scalia, Patrick Madrid, Tony Esselin, um, uh, Bishop Strickland, um, sort of popular name, Catholics, apologists, and authors. And then the other half are people you would never know. Um, so it kind of has this interesting, this very interesting mix of men and women all across the country who just give the very practical stories of the things their fathers did the things their father said, how they how they managed a household as a father and a husband and and through the lens of these sons and daughters that that, that they're personally saying this is the man who ultimately made me stay Catholic um, so it's a in, in my opinion it's um it's a book that we need to get in the hands of Again, these men that make up that thirteen percent—who, you know—they say they're Catholic, but they're not really going to do anything about it. They need to know their children are going to fall away from the faith. Um, and things like this hopefully will inspire them um, to live the faith.
0: Tyler so, Raleigh, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been uh, uh, terrific having you here, and best of luck with the book sales. And we really do have our jobs cut out for us. And and I'm so glad to see someone like you who's kind of taking up the the banner and. And and uh, it's it just it it's fantastic, and I'm sure um, there are many men who feel as you do as I do that that fatherhood is a crisis in America, and we need to bring it back. That's our show for today. Uh, my thanks to Tyler Raleigh, my guest, for being with us. His book again is entitled Because of Our Fathers. Twenty-three Catholics tell how their fathers led them to Christ. It's published by Ignatius Press, available at Amazon and on Tyler's website as well. Um, the program, uh, is available at the storytellers The radio program is also on Breadbox media, which is the Catholic podcasting site and anywhere your podcasts are available. The uh, television version of it premieres at 6 PM on a uh, Wednesday night, uh, October the 21st. Tyler, thank you for being with us. Thanks Tony. Really Tony we'll see you next week on another episode of the storytellers. God bless you.